I'm Chris Sabat, and you're listening to Bite. How's it going, everybody? That's right, it's my voice, which means it's time for another wonderful episode of Input 2, uh, Byte's premiere TV and movie podcast. We're going to do something new. It's um, Input 2, two critics, two pieces of media, two different perspectives. Mm -hmm. So, as always, I will be here as Aiden Hall, and joining me, as always, is my wonderful co-host, Jake Doolin. How are you? uh, Doing all right. Nice casual Friday. Yeah, it's a casual Friday. Talking about two very different shows today. One, not so great. The other one, you seem to be a pseudo-fan of. Yeah. So, let's just dive on in. Um, Netflix has been doing something very lackluster lately. Okay, bad. Let's just call it what it is, bad. And they've been releasing these very cheap, very simple little Netflix shows. And the one that we decided to watch was Flaked, the new Will Arnett show that, Mm -hmm. I don't know. You didn't like it. I yeah, yeah I you couldn't got, finish it. Yeah, I got through. I got through all eight episodes, but it was, it was an arduous journey to get through all eight. Do you agree with that that comparison of a, a live action BoJack? I do, absolutely, one hundred percent. They have so many different like, and you you can agree from seeing it. Like yeah. they have the Princess Carolyn archetype. I mean, Will Arnett's BoJack, obviously. Well, what's the storyline? Just so people know. Okay, the story is this guy. Um, got in a car crash, killed people while he was drunk, and he lost his driver's license. So now he's moved to Venice, and he works in a well, Venice, California. I should say that, not Venice, Italy. And yeah, I was confused about that at the start. Yeah. I was like, what? Uh, they didn't. They they never said Venice, like California or whatever. It no, was, it's like, just Venice. Venice. Like everyone just knows that there's a Venice, California. Yeah. Um, and he rides his bike around, and he runs a. Like a furniture shop where he makes stools, mm-hmm. but it's like he'll never sell any. And he's just this, you know, he'll be an ass to his friends. He won't really do anything. Um, he's always flaking on people. Uh-uh. Yep. He's got this ex-wife that's always around for some reason who's trying. I will admit she does try and, like, push away a little bit, but she always comes right back to mm-hmm. him. Um, there's the, you know, the love square of yeah. his friend, the new girl, his wife. And it's just, it's a really bad show. It really is. Like, mm-hmm. it doesn't stick on one thing long enough for you to care about it. No, not at all. And then, well, we'll get into it later, but the ending kind of. Yes, we will be talking about spoilers throughout this. So if yes. you are a, someone who is interested in this show, you might not want to continue listening because it's hard to not talk about the spoilers because they're so prominent. And, and they, they shape the show completely. It's not like, you know, a character who died came back and, you no. know, that's something, yeah. This is something that fundamentally changes the show. And how you see every single character. I will, before we get into the spoilers, though, I'll, when I was watching it, I was kind of into it to a point. The first episode kind of had me interested because I was yeah. like, okay, it's a guy going to AA, he's he seems to be, you know, trying to get his life back in order, but... At the very end, you know, you see him, like, drink some wine or something. Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, okay, maybe this is a show about addiction or something. And I was like, maybe they're going to go into that. But then, like, it just becomes this show, the most boring show about love. Like, just forced romance yeah. completely. And it's just, like, that really interesting thing never really comes up ever. 
Really, it doesn't. I mean, like, you get some very bad bicycle humor. That's about the only thing there they show. There are all kinds of bike jokes for no good reason. Just like, because he rides his bike around. Like, it's so funny, apparently, that someone would ride a bike around um, Los Angeles. Like, I got a two-seater. <laughs> yeah, that was like a joke. It was just like a guy got a two-seat bike and was like, uh, yeah, I got a two-seat bike for us. And then Will Arnett's like, nah. And then walked away, and I was like, well, that's not funny. Like, yeah, you like what a horrible visual joke. Like, uh, a two-seater bike that's so lazy. Um, I will say, like... Cinematography-wise, it was a very pretty show, but I think that can be mostly attributed to Venice. Yeah, I will also say that this has some of the best music choices. I knew a lot of the songs and stuff played in it. I knew a lot of the bands, and, like, they're very indie bands, and, like, you know, the first episode had, like, Kurt Vile, had, like, car seat headdress, things that I would know and, like, I appreciated, but at the same time I was like, you know... It kind of felt like they were. I'm doing emotion right now mm-hmm. with how smart they they seemed and how much they knew about certain things and how great Venice is. Yeah, and, and it really it's it's a hipster show. It really is because that it, seems to be like the new trend is like these shows that are set in L. A. about like pretty well off white people mm-hmm. who are just you know trying living, to figure life trying out. Trying to figure life out. But there are good ones. Like, I like Transparent, which is at its core just a bunch of filthy, rich white people trying to figure figure things out. out. I like Togetherness on HBO. That's a pretty good one. Mm -hmm. But yeah, most of these other shows, like, um, Flaked is probably the worst one I've seen. But, like, Love. Love, Girls, like the current seasons of Girls, it's just like the most whiny, boring people who kind of maybe have something interesting, but the show doesn't care about it at all. And then it's just about love. It's just about love, and it's like, oh, my gosh, I could not care less about white people falling in love in the year 2016. I've seen it a million and one times, and it's like nothing interesting. Like, Will Arnett's character literally is just BoJack Horseman. It is. He is word-for-word BoJack. And it doesn't work when it's live action. I I think the cartoon aspect, the fact that he's a horse, Mm -hmm. you know, you might not think that matters, but it matters because, you know, just seeing him walk around, like, he doesn't even look that bad. He's not a convincing, like— faux alcoholic which you know now if you want to get into why that's the case okay feel free yes faux is a huge word um because in the last episode of the season which i hope is the series finale because there should not be a second season after that is you find out old willy boy wasn't in the car well he was in the car but he wasn't the one driving Mm -hmm. it was his alcoholic sister Yep. And she was the one that killed everyone. And he's mm-hmm. just taking the rap for her. And essentially this just negates any kind of character growth. He was just a good guy doing a good thing. And and now everyone still treats him like he was a good guy. Mm-hmm. And that he's not, you know, this fractured, terrible, you know, awful person. That he person. learns nothing, gains nothing. We gain nothing. We learn nothing. It was just a show about a good guy, you know, doing a good thing. and And making stools. And making stools, which, again, like the stool jokes – were a little bit childish for my like taste. Like any stool joke. If you have to resort to a stool joke, get a better writer. And bike but all right, Mitch Hurwitz, the guy who created Arrested Development, is the executive producer on this. And he's famous for doing those inside comedy and jokes. He's working with Will Arnett, someone he's worked with for a long time. Old Gob. Mm-hmm. It's just like I just there was no point where I laughed. This is not a comedy. In any way, shape, or form, it is not funny in the slightest. But, like, there are – I'm ragging on it, but there were elements that I liked in those first few episodes I watched. Like, the cinematography was great. The music mm-hmm. was great. 
Will Arnett, you know, as much as I'm ragging on him, he's a decent actor when he, he when he wants to be, and he can do some really cool things. He can really do the BoJack acting, mm-hmm. that really depressing. If that's, if that's the way he's going in his career, I'm fine with it because he's doing a good job. Every other character, though, was just like either eh or just completely forgettable. Like the dad that owns the shop. Oh, yeah. Jerry. Mm-hmm. Like they, they hype him up to be like, oh, Jerry. And then you go there, and he's just like this nice was he a Hawaiian man. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. And it was like, well, okay. Like his character really wasn't anything. He was just kind of a okay guy. Like there. every character was just either okay or – the episode that I cut off on, the episode I could not go past, was the Kirstie Alley episode. Because mm-hmm. that ends with them setting up Will Arnett with this love interest that I knew was going to happen. I just rolled my eyes in the back of my head because I was like, oh, I knew that was coming. But also, it's just Kirstie Alley playing this sex-crazed mother. Who... Which is weird because it's Kirstie Alley 20 years past her prime. <sighs> Which, I mean, okay, that could have been like an interesting character, but really it's just a lame way for her to make jokes and like I hated it I hated that episode more than anything like it started out good with them driving I was like oh you know I like road trip mm-hmm. type of things and they're singing in the car and I'm like okay this is a nice moment and then when they get there it's just like mom why do you want to have sex I don't know <laughs> and then it's just <laughs> so uh, I'm making another motion it's all it ever feels like it's I just, mean, you could even draw a direct contrast between that episode and the episode where Bojack goes and visits uh, what's-his-face before he dies of cancer. Oh, yeah. And that but, was... Again, like, at least he learned a lesson. Yeah. Will Arnett never... It's just... I hate that character type of just, he's always right. He's always, you know, gonna win. He's always... Like, he doesn't fail ever. And the thing that he would have failed at, you know, hitting someone with his car, killing them... He didn't even do. No. Yeah, he didn't. He has no character flaws. He's just like a guy who, I, I mean, he doesn't even drink that much. He drinks, well, I mean, through the entirety of the series, he drinks maybe A three, bottle, yeah, a bottle of wine. Yeah, like three or four glasses of wine. Yeah, and it's like, okay. And, like, yeah, he's kind of a jerk to his friends, but I wouldn't say he's so much of a jerk where I wouldn't believe the fact that they would still be friends. It's just like, you know, he's kind of a jerk. And most people are, you know, a little bit, and, like, Okay, I don't want to watch a character. I don't want to watch a show about a character that is just vanilla ice cream. Yeah, you know, with no toppings. It's well, well and then we had his friend who was a foil for him. Yeah, and nothing more. And then he just gives up. Yep. Yeah, at the fourth episode, he just gives up, and it's just like, well, you can date her. I don't know. There's no magic. And I was like, really? I didn't see that happen. Yeah, I don't know. Like Netflix is putting these shows out way too quickly for my taste it seems like it's like every other week there's a it new is. show and it's like there's no quality control anymore that's why when we went to go see uh the movie that we're going to talk about later mm-hmm. there was clips for this new hulu show about uh aaron paul and a cult oh and yeah. i was like that yeah. looks interesting like no netflix shows like interest me like that did in a it long time it seems like if it's not a new season of something they've already established netflix just does not care at this point the new season of dead daredevil's out today yep and like People are super hyped about that. Like, of course they are. That was a really good season. But then they supplement that with, like, a bunch of crap. Like, um, how many seasons did Lilyhammer get? I had, like, five. Oh, my gosh. Like, they, it's just like they're just putting things on their, their, you know, system just to say they have them. Yeah. And it's like Hulu, at least, they have some quality control. They're not putting out the, you know, how many kid shows does Netflix have? Oh, uh, Glitter Force, Dino Trucks. I think they have that Turbo cartoon. 
yeah, just, you know, they're just putting things out. Richie Rich, um, Lego Bionicle, Mr. Peabody and Sherman. Like, who wants that? No one. Um, yeah, Dino Trucks, The Adventures of Puss in Boots, all Veggie Tales. Like, okay, it's just there's no Fuller House came out, like, yep. the week before um, House of Cards or so. Something like that. Week, yeah, it was week about or so a week before. or two. Yeah. And it's like, it's one week they have something really excellent. And, I mean, like, I'm not a fan of House of Cards, but people like it. They have something people yeah. want, and then the next week they just shove out everything something. else. Yeah, like I'm, I don't even know. And that was the messed up thing is because there was only a month between House of Cards and Daredevil. Mm-hmm. You could, you could, and we had two shows in between that. Mm-hmm. That no one's gonna watch. No. I guarantee there's no one clamoring for a you know flaked season two. Although they'll probably give it to it because I mean, no one even no one knows Netflix's like viewership. They keep that completely a secret. Oh, yeah. And they just, you know, renew things because they have the money to do so. Every time I saw a new season of Lilyhammer, I just cried a little bit because I know no one's watching it. No one's watching it, but they have the money just to throw. It's like HBO in its prime would just, like, keep renewing things that, like, no one was watching. Like, Bored to Death. Remember that detective oh. show with Ted Danson? Oh, it had it, a Zach Galifianakis yeah, too. But it had three seasons, and yeah. it's like... No one was watching that. It needed one. Yeah, and they'll just keep renewing stuff. Entourage. So, and I don't even know like where these type of shows go because like, Girls was good. It was exactly like this show. People figuring things out, but now it's in season five, and it's like, oh my gosh, you can't. People don't have these issues, you know. Yeah. They they solve them. They don't take five years to you know figure out you who, know, they are, who they are, what they're doing. Stuff. It's just, it's just, I don't know. These type of shows can go one way or another way. Like I like, like I said, I like Transparent because at least that. That's well, on what has, season three. It's going to season yeah. three, but it has things going on, and like the characters are really flawed and awful people. Same with Togetherness. I like Togetherness. It's very good. Yeah, it's just nice to have character. Like these type of shows need flawed characters. They don't need Will Arnett being Superman essentially. They just. If they made him like Bojack, a flawed character, it would have been ten times better. But mm-hmm. Isn't it weird how they're just copying a show on their own network? It really is. It's really kind of sad. It is, because it's like, yeah, you know, Bojack's like two spaces down from Flaked. No, no, no. When I finished Flaked, guess what it recommended? Bojack, Bojack Horseman. Because they, like, that seems like such blatant, because, yeah, they have a Mr. Peanut Butter type character with the friend. They have the Caroline character. They even have the black cop. Yeah, I mean it's so specific. Mm-hmm. Which I feel bad for him because he's the main detective in um, Brooklyn Nine Nine, isn't he? No, or, no, he's not the main no. detective in Brooklyn Nine Nine. He was in uh, The Wire. Oh yes, he was in The Wire as um, he was in the third season of The Wire as the police chief, and like he's a really great actor, and he's in there just to be a jerk. Mm-hmm. For no reason. I have no idea. I haven't watched the full series. So I don't know if their relationship builds. But why was he even there? He's he's almost like the dad of the group, like offering, like, quote, unquote, sage advice from his police car. And it doesn't really serve anything. <sighs> he honestly feels like the token black character in this show. Yeah, and the way he was going, again, I haven't seen the full thing. He felt like the magic black man that they put in he put in shows where it's just like he's there to help the white guy figure out his problems and exist to do nothing else but that. And it's like, oh, my gosh. Like even Bojack has such better, like, character depth and things than this show ever, ever did. I, 
I probably won't finish it, knowing like what I know about like the twists and things. The end. Oh, you didn't even talk about the twist with the girlfriend. Why she's even in Venice? Oh yeah. Why? <sighs> I forget. Her, her was... brother died in in a car wreck. I mean, like got hit by a car, and you find you, they lead you to believe that Will Arnett was the one driving the car that hit her brother. But then you find out that it was the sister who drove the car that mm-hmm. hit the brother. So they're completely fine to, you know, have a relationship. Yeah, no, it's no, totally no cool. issues. No issues no. at all. She killed her brother. She has to live with that in Venice for yeah. some reason. Yeah, for some reason. Uh, bad show. So awful. That yeah. was like the, what, third episode? Third or second? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sp- speaking of just, like, dark, upsetting, not necessarily bad no. now, um, you know, your show, the show that you watched, the new Louis yes. C.K. project. Horace and Pete. This has had been Louis C.K.'s attempt to like make his own show, put it out himself every Saturday. He sends an email out saying, you know, it's out, $3. You pay $3 per episode. It stars Louis C.K., um, Steve Buscemi, Alan, Alan Alda, uh, Laurie Metcalf, a bunch of really excellent character actors. And it's pretty good, although I will say... It is a roller coaster of quality. A little bit of backstory on the story, because you know the story of Horace and Pete? Vaguely. Okay. Horace and Pete, uh, Horace is Louis C.K. and Pete is Steve Buscemi. They own a bar. This bar has always been owned by a Horace and a Pete. Mm-hmm. So their dads named them after themselves. Um, Alan Alda is the last Pete before Steve Buscemi, so he works there as the bartender. But... So he's Steve's dad. Yeah. Well, we find that out later. Oh. Yeah. A uh, Steve Buscemi has always been told that Horace's Horace was his dad. Oh, yeah. Alan Alda. I'll talk about that because that was a really good moment for Alan Alda. Um, but they run a bar, and it's been around for a hundred years. And they're thinking about closing the bar because there's all these archaic systems in the bar. Like Alan Alda will not serve anything but uh, Budweiser or whiskey in the bar. Mm-hmm. No one can have anything but those two drinks. Um, Alan Alda is. Incredibly racist um, in this show, uh, blasting the N-word and as many racist uh, epithets as, like, possible. You know, good character. They make you really hate him. Mm-hmm. Um, and you you see how much this racism has ruined his life, which, I mean, like, oh, people always, like, knock on Louis C.K. for having, like, characters, you know, racist characters in his, his work. But, like... I've never liked any of those characters. They've all been pretty bad. Yeah. Like, I remember the episode of Louis C.K.'s TV show, Louis, where he goes to see his grandma, and she's, like, saying the N-word in front of his kids, and she dies. And, like, that's the punchline is that she kind of deserved to die for mm-hmm. being, like, this horrible person. Um, and uh, who was the wife in The Sopranos? She's She was a nurse Jackie. Oh, I uh, I know who she um, is. but She plays their s- the sister of... Um, Louis C.K. and Pete. Okay. And um, she wants to close the bar and sell it because their dad recently died and they left the bar to Horace and her. And it's structured like – the best way I described it is this episode that me and Aiden know from American Ed called Blood Crieth Unto the Year, mm-hmm. where it's, it's, it's like a stage play. It's literally filmed like a stage play. There's, you know, intermissions in the episodes. Really? There's intermissions. There's a uh, overture sung by Paul Simon, of all people. That's interesting. Um, yeah. And – the episodes don't have any kind of structure. Some episodes are an hour and 20 minutes. Some are, you know, 28. Uh, there's no real pattern to it, hmm. and there's no real, like, it's very experimental in that, like, you know, one episode will have, a, you know, the whole cast talking. Like, it'll fe- seem like a TV episode. Yeah. And then the next episode, 
Uh, the best one I saw, like the most experimental one, was episode three, where it's just a close-up of Lori Metcalf's face while she talks for nine minutes straight. I and don't then, think I could do that. And then Louis C.K. talks for another nine minutes straight while, like, looking directly, like, looking at, like, the camera. So it's purely experimental. It's purely experimental, and some things work really well. Like, Steve Buscemi's character is great. He has hallucinations, and he's... Suffer. He he needs to keep the bar open because it's the only way he can afford his medication, mm-hmm. and you can see like he's so desperate and he's so, he's the nicest character in the show. Like a lot of them have are flawed, horrible. You can see the fact that like this bar has just ruined them completely. But Steve Buscemi is a nice person. Mm-hmm. He's like you know, treating people so nicely. Uh, one of the saddest episodes is when he goes on a date with someone and he finally finds someone who's nice to him, and then he takes him back to his family and they just tear him apart. Tear him apart. And, like, really just brutal. This is not a funny show. Like, even Louis C.K., like, puts it in his emails. This is not a funny show. Although I contend with him that there are funny elements to the yeah. show. Like, the bar the bar itself has these weird moments throughout the episodes where the camera will just go to people in the bar and, like, listen to their conversations. Mm-hmm. And, like, one of the highlights for me, one of the funniest things I saw was there was a conversation with these two men about abortion. And one guy was like, you know, women should be allowed to get abortion. And the other guy was like, they're murderers. And, like, talking. And this woman was sitting next to him, and she's like, I'm a woman. Would you like, you know, my take on this since it's happening to me? And, like, they were, the one guy was like, yeah, I'd like to hear it. And the other guy was like, you white knight. And then they just start arguing, and they just shut her up. Like, they make her leave so they can argue more about it. And, like, that was funny. That was clever. That was funny. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, it is not funny in the slightest. Um, Alan Alda shoots himself – uh, around episode four. Oh. Yeah. And, and it's they, episode eight episodes, right? Well, they're on act two right now. I think it's oh, okay. a three act play. Oh. Yeah, it's a okay. three act play, I believe. So they're on act two now. I have not seen the newest episode, which apparently is a little uh, problematic because Louis C.K. meets a transgender person oh. and attempts to. See, his problem is when he wants to, like, be the good guy. He overtly does it. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a really good episode of Louis Shio where he, like, dates a fat woman. I remember that episode. Yeah, and he, like, is super, like, condescending about her weight. Like, he's, I, I don't notice your weight. Like, I don't mm-hmm. know. And, you know, she makes a point, like, well, yeah, I exist. You should notice me. Like, I'm fat. You know, deal with it. And, like, I think that it's the same thing in this, this episode, but he doesn't acknowledge the fact that he's wrong. Oh. Like, I think, like... From what I've read, it's just, like, yeah, very, not very well thought out. So I'm going to have to watch that one and make my own judgment, but I have not. The The newer episodes have been a little less good for me. The Act 2 has not been as fun as Act 1. Right. Because Act 1 ends when Alan, Alan Alda shoots himself. And then the fifth episode, they have a funeral, which is really a really good episode with everybody in the bar. Um, it's just like, yeah. I would say wait till this entire thing's done, and then you can just get the whole thing at once because this definitely works as a binge watch. Yeah. I don't know why he's doing I mean, like, he's filming it throughout the week. Yeah, so like, there's some weird stuff with it. Like, if you... There's parts where people hit their mics. <laughs> yeah, there's parts where people hit their mics. Like, intentionally? No, or? not intentionally. It's all, I think, a lot of it's done, like, either one take or just completely off the cuff. Probably. That would make yeah. sense. Like, every episode has had commentary about the week of politics before it. Hmm. Yeah. Like, um... After Super Tuesday, the episode that one happened, they discussed, like, the bar people were discussing, like, Bernie Sanders and, and Donald Trump, how much they won, like, in that thing. And it was kind of weird, like, how – it's like a South Park episode, but in live action. I guess that's how I can describe it. 
Like huh. their commentary is so like current that I don't know how well it would play. Like if I went back and watched like episodes a year from now, mm-hmm. it would just be like, what are they talking about? Like what was happening during this week that they were like commenting on? That's something that's always bothered me is like, like future generations will not understand like South Park episodes. Oh or... yeah. Certain South Park episodes are so dated. I don't feel like this will be that dated because there's a broader storyline going on about right. the bar. And it's like, just small little things in the story. The main theme of it seems to be this generation, our parents' generation, kind of coming to terms with the fact that like they're not being as open-minded as they should be, which sounds really interesting, and so far it has been really interesting because like Louis C.K. has a daughter, and like the episode where they have the funeral, you can chart this progression of... like the older generation to Louis C.K.'s generation to her generation mm-hmm. and the way they talk about people, the way they talk about subjects, that's been interesting to see. Like, you know, Alan Alda was just horrible racist. You could tell that rubbed off on the people around him yeah, and affected them. But you can tell like it, it rubbed off slightly less on the next generation of people. And with, then even less on the mm-hmm. generation after. And you can see, like, this progression of, like, you know, this this – these ideas that were set in stone by Alan Alda, like we don't serve, you know, anything but Budweiser. We don't, you know, serve, you know, certain people at this bar, you know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That's completely changed or like it's it's thawing a little bit. I wouldn't say completely changed because like it's a slow progress, but like it's been nice to see Louis C.K. acknowledge the fact that like no one is not just magically not racist anymore. Yeah. Or, like, no one is magically not a bad person anymore. It's a slow progression. You can chart it through, like, generations. You so know? sort of, like, in contrast to Flaked, mm-hmm. that there's actually progression. Yes. Like, Steve Buscemi's character, you know, he's legitimately trying to change himself because he finds out that, you know, Alan Alda's character was his father, like, around episode three. He didn't know that. Mm-hmm. And he has all this baggage, like, you know... Horrible, horrible things that Alan Alda said. And, and, you know, I don't know if the show will ever get nominated for an Emmy because it's... What category would it be? It would be drama or something, but, like, the fact that it's not on TV, it's just put out online. Yeah. I don't know. But, like, Alan Alda deserves it because, like, he is the most hateful person. And, like, really, Louis C.K. does a great job of just making you see how much that has affected his life. Like, Mm -hmm. he has nothing. He has no friends. He has no connections with anyone. He is just this ball of hate. And you can tell, like, it's because, like, his parents didn't raise him right. And, yeah. But, yeah, like, one of the worst moments Alan Alda has is he just describes, like, sex to um, Steve Buscemi's character Mm -hmm. as just being this, you know, horrible, horrible thing. (laughs) <laughs> that that is only made for men's pleasure, because he's Steve Buscemi was talking about how much he liked like this one girl and like you know certain things and like he he like liked her and and like yeah. he's like that's not what love's about love is about you and like yeah just really brutal stuff and like you hate Alan Alda's character and then like when he kills himself like there's the the funeral episode's really good because you, you know you have to deal with the fact that like this person died. That you might not have liked, but you still have to deal with mm-hmm. it. So, I would. It's been. I like it. The direction and stuff is really weird. I mean, yeah, when people are hitting their mics and like the camera switches for some reason, mm-hmm. you can tell like it was done and like really quickly. But so far, it's been pretty good. Act two has been not as good as Act one, but I feel like it's going to pick up. Hopefully, so I, they'll have a good Act three, a good conclusion. Yeah, a good conclusion. Although I. Don't know. I said act three act play, but he has said he doesn't know how long this is going to be. I hope it's not a five act play. 
That's too long. That's way too long. Because at this point, my personal feeling is like these characters either gonna die or they gotta make some changes mm-hmm. because their bar is. I mean, like they started serving drinks and things. Yeah. Which I mean, like that's been an interesting chart of progression. Like you know, they're serving people things. Um, I will say, look up the clip. If I don't know if the clips are online, but there's a clip where a Democrat and a Republican talk, and it's actually pretty well th- uh, a good discussion mm-hmm. about things. Because, like, I'll just explain, like, a little bit of it. So it's, like, this hardcore conservative and this liberal guy are sitting at the bar, and there's a guy in between them. And he's like, okay, what is a liberal to a liberal, and what is a Republican to a Republican? And he's like, what's a, Demo- what's a Republican to a liberal and a Democrat to a Republican. Mm-hmm. And, like, you see these hateful things that are in people's minds about other people. There, there's no common ground between people mm-hmm. because they come up with these hateful things. Like, because, I mean, like, immediately you have these assumptions about, and it's supposed to be broader than just Republican and Democrat. Like, you have broad assumptions about people right. that completely cloud how you think about them. And, you know, that can, you, you can't have a conversation. You can't have a good conversation with someone if that's what you go into it thinking. And, I don't know. Louis C.K. usually isn't that insightful about politics. I mean, his his whole like that thing that blew up about him and Trump, like if you, oh yeah that yeah, letter. If you read it, he talks about how like, you know, we should just elect a Republican because it's time. Like he said, it's it's fair that like it, it he's like it should go Democrat Republican Democrat Republican. That way they just keep fixing each other's problems. But I'm like, ah, uh, I feel that, like there's a broader. That is not how politics works. There's a broader. There's some broader stuff going on that you should consider, but. Yeah, um, check out Horace and Pete if you're looking for some interesting experimental stuff. It's it's something. It is something. I will say different than anything I've seen so far. So you, hey, you know, you I, I like different stuff like that. The Laurie Metcalf episode's good. Watch it. <laughs> she talks about falling in love with an 84 year old man. That that's very unique. Mm-hmm. But we're gonna we'll flip the disc as we've always done. But this time we're just gonna discuss one movie that we've we both watched. both seen. Mm-hmm. Um. And both came out disliking, although in different ways. Yes. In different tones. Much um, different tones. But uh, what ten, was that movie? Ten Cloverfield Lane, a film with a certified fresh 90% on Rotten Tomatoes that I I left laughing, honestly. And I think you did, mm-hmm. too. At um, the end. At the, the end. I think, well, spoilers again. We yes. will be spoiling Ten Cloverfield Lane because... Oh, we need to to yeah. talk about this movie. Yes, to talk about why I didn't like it. Um, I'll just I'll do you it. go first. Okay. So, storyline of Ten Cloverfield Lane. Um, a woman is driving and gets hit by a truck and wakes up in a bunker with John Goodman. It's Mary Elizabeth Wyden or something. Yeah, like something that. like that. And she's in the bunker, and John Goodman tells her the world ended, and he you know brought her down to the bunker just to save her life. Some nuclear chemical attack, and they had to stay in the bunker for yes. like two years. There's another character named Emmett that's also down there. He was a farmhand who helped uh, build the bunker with uh, John Goodman's character. And it's the story of the three of them down in this bunker, and John Goodman's character is questionable goodness, I guess is the way yeah. you could say that. And you know, this movie had me sold for about forty-five minutes. Forty-five minutes. The first forty-five minutes of this are really tense, really you know, thought-provoking, really tense thriller. Like you don't know if John Goodman's a good guy or a bad guy. You don't know the situation outside. Like you know, you don't know if the world ended. No. And 
once we get to the part, I would say, where things become a little clearer about the the motivations of the characters, it just falls apart for me because it just doesn't make sense. No. And we let's talk about the middle part before we talk about the ending part. Okay. So where did it fall apart for you? Because it fell apart for me at the part where um, the woman is banging on the door You know, outside. I was going to say the exact same thing as the woman banging on the door. Essentially what happens is Mary Elizabeth Wine's character comes upstairs and is trying to escape, and she gets to the door, and she sees a woman outside, and her face is, like, melted, and, like, there's clear signs that there's been an attack. There is, the world is ending or something. Quote, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, John Goodman wasn't lying about that. So, after that point, I was like, okay, then what's the story here? And then it just boils down to John Goodman's a crazy man. Yeah. There is no real story. It's just John Goodman's a crazy man who has a mild motivation about his daughter, who isn't his daughter? He's it's some girl he kidnapped. I thought that the, the that they were trying to say that like his daughter left for Chicago, and he's been trying to find a surrogate daughter through these people he's kidnapping. That might be. But if that's the case, then like, why? Like I I I just couldn't get with that. No. That thinking, and then I mean, where did it fall apart for you? It well, it fell apart when I saw the woman banging on the glass mm. because it was like um, we had seen things earlier like the pigs. And later on in the movie, we're introduced to the barrel, which is just a big old barrel of acid. Mm -hmm. And they look like they just had acid splashed on them or something. Mm -hmm. So I thought maybe, okay, the pigs, he's tricking them into thinking the world ends. But then the world actually is kind of ending. There is an attack. The woman's banging on the you mm -hmm. know door. And, I mean, I like Emmett. I like Emmett and I like Melissa. But, like, the board games mm -hmm. and the can you pass the salt, do you not know? You know what you're doing. You mm -hmm. know. Are you trying to think I'm stupid? Mm -hmm. Just they never let you think that John Goodman's character is a good guy. I did after for a second. It was when he was like getting her to stitch him up. I thought, okay, maybe he was yeah being so tough because he had to protect these people. But then you know, yeah, it just boils down. He was a crazy person, and you know, as good as John Goodman is in this film, and he deserves to you know he be deserves to at least be nominated yeah. for it. He deserves to be recognized for how good he does in this film. And the other actors, too. They, they yeah. did a good job. Um, it just goes off the rails. You know, once that barrel of acid gets introduced, mm -hmm. I was like, okay, someone's someone's getting burned by the acid. And then John Goodman shoots a man in the face. Emmett. Emmett. And then um, he gets half his body burned off at the climax of the film and still manages to, like, chase down it. the main woman. Mm -hmm. And then he gets knocked over with a giant like pantry still manages to get up from that mm -hmm. pulls out a knife and starts stabbing at the woman mm -hmm. that man wouldn't be up because no. he was also surrounded by fire for a grounded story it went to another planet in terms of reality once that happened it's the same problem i had with like the revenant once like leonardo dicaprio jumped off that cliff with the horse i was like mm -hmm. this is another planet this isn't this isn't earth anymore there's no he, way he could survive he did not survive that and like I guess the main thing we want to get to is the ending. So she gets out of the bunker at the end of the film, kills John Goodman, gets out of the bunker and in this, I thought, pretty clever it like, was. suit it... that she makes out of a shower curtain and some like soda, bottles. soda bottles Yeah, to make this like hazmat suit. She gets out, discovers that the air isn't poisonous or anything. She sees birds in the sky and animals <laughs> chirping. And then like I thought, okay, this would be a good ending for the movie. You know, she gets out, she realizes he was lying. You know, everything's fine. Whatnot. Then we hear this like 
Inception noise. You know the... Yeah, the and we see an alien spaceship fly over the cornfields. And it's literally flying, like a whale. Like, mm-hmm. imagine a flying whale. Yes. And then she says something like, oh, come on. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, that would have been a good ending. That that would have been hilarious, in my opinion. Like, and I, then I 10 Cloverfield Lane credits. I would have liked it a lot more if that was the ending. Because, like, it would have left me like, you know, oh, my God. Like, I would have felt for her more. Yeah. But then she becomes a superhero essentially it's like she becomes a ridley from aliens mm-hmm. for no good reason the alien spaceship comes by well you you go into this you have a good description of this this moment okay well the alien ship comes by and i can't remember does the animal come out first the alien comes out first okay so she sees this so the bunker explodes huge explosion huge plume of smoke the aliens know she's there and she starts seeing like the corn rustle Mm-hmm. Like signs, exactly like signs. And instead of a tall, spooky, water afraid alien, you get this like I've I've heard it described as like a pig monster, but the closest I've come to is like a water bear. Like that weird it has that just one giant mouth on the end of it, crawling around, and she hides in the barn, the water bear runs after her, and the tone of the movie just completely changes from this really deep bunker thriller to mm-hmm. Oh no, she's getting chased by an alien. And so she manages to get away from it. Um and she gets onto the truck and the alien can't break glass, which is weird. Yes. And then the space whale comes, picks up the truck, she makes a Molotov cocktail out of a map, uh, a lighter, and a bottle of like scotch that John Goodman's character had in his truck. Lights it all, throws it into the mouth of the space whale, like yes. the actual like squid beak mouth, blows it up. She lands. She's struggling to get up. She's okay. And this truck fell easily thirty feet. Mm-hmm. You know, and she's walking out fine. No scratches. None. And you're just left to believe that, you know, she did it. Yeah. At this point, I was like, okay. Bad ending, but it's over. But it's over. But then it doesn't end there. She gets into the car and she starts driving away, and she turns on the radio and she hears an emergency broadcast signal saying, "Come to Baton Rouge if you want safety. We've 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 saved Baton Rouge. We've pushed them back. Pushed them back. Or you can come to Houston and help us fight the aliens back. If you're a doctor or have combat experience, they specifically say if you are a doctor or have a combat experience. And this woman. Wanted to be a fashion designer. Yes, that's, that's her only skill is fashion designer. And she drives to Houston. She she skirts back, takes the turn, and the thing that got me was the fact that there were signs there that said Baton Rouge, Houston. Houston. I was like, where in America are those two signs next to each other? And I was like, how stupid of an ending. Like uh, Like you said, She's not making it to Houston. No, she'll run out of gas. There's mm-hmm. absolutely no way you can make it from anywhere in Louisiana and to the other side of Texas on one tank of gas. They did not do a good enough job to make me believe that she would survive going there. No. Because she killed one alien. And John Goodman. And John Goodman. She has combat experience. Because she stitched up John Goodman's head once. She has a doctor medical training. Yeah. So 
I hope they make a sequel to this and she dies immediately. She has to. I don't like the character by the end of this movie. I hate the character by the end of this movie. Which is really sad because as soon as we're introduced to her, I loved her because she's, mm. you know, trying to reach for her phone, trying to get a signal. She's not that typical scare. Yeah. She's resourceful. She's a good character up to that point where she makes a stupid decision. And like I, I you you saw me. I was just like, yeah. oh, come on. Like it couldn't have been a worse ending in my opinion. Like the only way it could have been worse is if she like fisticuffed like an alien, you know, in a boxing ring. Probably. Yeah. I mean, I will say, I thought it was even funnier when she's driving to Houston and they did that lightning clasp and you saw an even bigger ship in the clouds. It's just like, what movie even is this? This mm-hmm. isn't what we spent like you know, an hour this watching. story that was actually pretty good up to a point became this. You, you, but the thing is, there were reshoots apparently. This yeah. stuff was added in. The movie probably ended when she got out. And like, I've heard, I don't know if this is confirmed or not, but I've heard that the original ending was like the lights coming up over the house. Which would have, That's what I've heard is the last shoot. That's yeah. what I heard was the last shoot. Yeah. I, I, that would have been a cool ending. Again, like I, I would have liked that. But I feel like they added in a bunch of Cloverfield stuff. They did. Because. And that was the other thing. Like Once the lights come up over the house and you see the ship and the gas that's been releasing that kills everything, it's flammable gas. Mm-hmm. And that was the other thing that bothered me is that this creature sees fire everywhere, sees it exploding, knows that its gas is very flammable, and still keeps spraying it everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like what? Flamethrowers would kill these people in no time. Anything it's, it's flammable. Like that um, Steven Spielberg version of, um, what was it? Uh, War of the Worlds, where water kills them. Oh, oh yeah. No, yeah. Or germs. Germs. Okay, I'm thinking of signs. Yeah. In signs, when water kills them. Yeah. They land on a planet with 70% water. And they want to take it over. And they want to take it over. Like, Ugh. Yeah, I did not like this movie. I was very disappointed with it. I, I did not hate it as much as you did. Like, I. Those first forty-five minutes are really good. They they're solid. It, they are. They bumped it up. It bumped it up for to like a five out of ten for me. You're still gonna give it a five out of ten with the ending. That ending brought it down. If I were gonna rank it with like where I thought it should have been, it would have mm-hmm. been a seven out of ten movie. It would have been good. Whatever. You know the parts with John Goodman going crazy. I would have forgot about that just because the ending was so good. Yeah. Once that ending hits, it just goes down. I might go down as low as a four. I don't think I could completely hate this movie, just because. I can see elements I liked in it, but there are so many more elements I hated. You you gave it a two. I gave it a two. Two out of ten. Better there, than Interstellar. Better than Interstellar. I will say that much because it didn't try and make me believe that love can transcend space and time. That mm-hmm. is, but it didn't give me much better. Like I couldn't even tell you the moral of the story is like what don't the trust. The moral of the story is do things you're not equipped to do. Go to Houston to fight aliens when you've you've killed one. Well, and that choice, it's. Based off one line of dialogue she had, like, what, halfway through the movie mm-hmm. about this guy beating his daughter in a supermarket and he could, she didn't stop him? I wish I would him. have done something. Well, you know what? You could do things that aren't go die fighting aliens because you're not going to live. You could be safe and make post-apocalyptic clothes wear like you said you were going to do. Disgusting. It was just a bad. Mm-hmm. And we got me and you are going to go see Batman and Superman next week. Yep. Yeah. Next Friday so or this, Saturday. This does not continue the trend of us seeing bad movies. Hopefully. Because I would like to see a good movie. I mean, I've heard good things about Batman and Superman, so. Same. But next week we are going to be talking, since it's sadly ending, The Venture Bros. Venture Brothers Season 6. 
How do you how are you liking the season I, so far? Just a little preview. Little preview. Um, I've liked it quite a bit. I have some feelings that I'm not going to like go completely into just until I see that last episode. But I would like to ask one thing. Uh huh. How do you think it's gonna end? I don't know. I think we're pretty much on the same consensus that somebody's gonna die. Yes. That's how I feel, is that somebody's going to die. Something big has to happen. Honestly, I feel it's going to end, and then we're going to see a trailer for Season 7. Like, Season seven is just going to come out, like, in six months. I feel like that's what they've been kind of setting up, is that, like, this is just one really long episode, because it's so different from, you know, everything we've had in the previous seasons. I feel like Gary will die. Gary. Gary will die because I feel like this season's arc has been him dealing with the fact that he killed somebody. Or, like, you know, he, yeah. I kicked that man to death. It was funny, but, like, he's reading those books. And then this last episode he had to basically confront, like, killing someone again. And I feel like he's going to get some kind of redemption thing to help the monarch get back up in the rankings. Yeah. He's going to do something to help the monarch get back up there. Maybe give himself up and say that he's the blue morpho or mm -hmm. something. Something like that. He's going to give him. Well, the last villain we have to deal with is this guy who's like a. The Red Rider. The Red Rider guy. Who's he attached to? Like Gary. Yeah. They were in the same area. So I figure there, there something's going to happen with them. Maybe Gary won't die, but I feel like Gary's going to stop either being the monarch's henchman or something is going to happen with Gary. That, because I, I don't want to see him stop being the monarch's henchman because we've seen that once already, and mm -hmm. it was good when it happened the first time. Don't get me wrong. Like that whole going away and coming back, but Gary, no. I think maybe a lot of characters are going to stop what doing what they're doing too. I, I, like I want Sergeant Hatred to just stop because mm -hmm. he's not doing anything. I feel bad for him at this point. Like I love Sergeant Hatred, he's just but getting, he's, he's just getting his ass, ass kicked, kicked every, every day. Week. And like, Maybe something will happen with um, this uh, trade show they've been talking about, like oh, yeah. where they're going to promote like the God Gas and stuff like that. Maybe something like that will happen. I think it, someone will die. I don't want to say Gary, but Gary's like at the top of my list. Gary or um, who else could possibly die? Maybe the Monarch. But if they killed the Monarch, the next season will be the last season. Yeah, it has they to be. They killed the Monarch, the last next season will be the last season. Because if they kill the Monarch, I figure he's kind of at a redemption arc, too. He has. He's kind of becoming a good guy. You know, a little In bit. In a weird way. In a weird way, he's kind of becoming a good guy. And I, the one thing I hope doesn't happen is that we don't find out that Monarch's dad and uh, Rusty's. Rusty's dad were gay lovers together. Because that has not been set up well. No. That would just be, like, super tacky and, like, not at all. It would just be, like. I mean, if they like, were just best friends, that's one thing. It would be for shock value. It would be. It would be for shock value, and that would be horrible, personally. I, they they kind of set something up in the last episode where he was, like, he would do anything for Venture. Yeah. I think Venture killed him. I do, too. And I think, like, that may be subconsciously why the monarch hates him. But I don't want to find out why the monarch hates no. him. No. My prediction for the final moment we will not get a trailer for season seven. We will get another special. And that special oh. will be saving um, – why am I forgetting his name? What What is he? The brother. Oh, Jonas Jr. Jonas Jr. They're going to get a message or something from space. I'm out here. Come save me. I think he's dead. With that explosion – I think Nobody's he and Tracer. Nobody's dead until you see a body. I, 
I guess so. I predict we are getting a special somehow related to JJ. It I, watches its Tracer who sends the message. <laughs> I it, would I got believe, the PPK. Would you not believe that Tracer would be alive? No, I would. I would believe that Tracer's alive. You don't. Th- I would. I think Tracer's living out his own um, World War Hulk. Yeah, Planet Hulk or something. Planet Hulk. You know, <laughs> and he's gonna come back. I don't know. I'm hoping. I'm hoping that like this next season has to be the last season. I want another special, at least. Like I can wait on the season itself. Like I, I kind of would like it to be the last season, but if we get a special, I would be happy. You know, just for that break, because I know there's gonna be a break. Yeah, there's gonna be a break. It's gonna be a long one, because mm-hmm. that's just what we're used to. But mm-hmm. I want a special. Give me a special about Pete and Billy. Give me a spit. Pete and Billy special. You know what I want? I want a Dr. Orpheus special because we haven't seen he him at all. It. He deserves it after an entire season of him not existing. I guarantee that what they're probably going to do in this last episode is give him like a few moments. Yeah, just like two or three scenes. Two or three scenes. Like they did with like um, Gargantua 2. Oh, Like yeah. where he's just down there and yep. like helping Hatred look around. So stupid. Yeah. But that wraps up our show for this week. Um, next week we'll be talking Venture Brothers. A couple other things too. So just look forward to that. and. Mm-hmm. We will talk at you later. Goodbye, everybody. See ya.